Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. I'm John Polstra. And I'm Greg Monteith. And last time, we had way too much material. We were going to get into the lightning round and, and go through all Greg's questions, but we decided to save that for another episode, another time. So that time is now. All right. Hit me with your best shot. Okay. So just to kind of be um, specific here, the focus of the, our last discussion was uh, to talk about how we each go about the process of letting go what could be old and familiar in favor of what is better. And we're specifically talking about this in terms of beliefs, right? Christian beliefs, um, maybe our beliefs about ourselves, about our world, and how we interact maybe also with other information sources. So um, what I've kind of you know, put under that umbrella is, you know, what are, what are our modes of investigation or research? What are the resources we use? How do we set up boundaries? And when do we perhaps choose to break those boundaries? Uh, how do we achieve most success? And what are the things we've learned to avoid? So I, you know, last time you talked, I mentioned about, uh, last time we talked, uh, recorded, I mentioned about Labrie. And one of the things you said was that was a long time ago. So I wanted to talk with you. My first question was about success criteria. And whether you want to think about that in terms of Labrie or really in terms of the podcast or some other area of your life that pertains to your beliefs about God, about Christianity, about yourself, go for it. You know, what might be some of your success criteria? What do you mean by that? Because I don't think of success criteria in the context of beliefs. Ah, oh, that's interesting. I mean, success criteria in terms of is a business successful or not? Uh, was a business trip successful or not? Was a conversation successful or not? Was a meeting successful? But beliefs, that doesn't seem to fall in the same bucket for me. Okay. Well, but, but maybe it's this coming back. So part of, again, another part of last discussion was Anna's uh, point about the pursuit of truth and the pursuit of certainty. And I was, you know, I'm very leery about this idea of pursuing certainty. I, I don't think that works. I think that's a big problem. Um, I can go into that more later if we want to, but that was mentioned last uh, episode. But what about the pursuit of truth? Like what, what constitutes success if you're thinking about the pursuit of truth when it comes to your religious beliefs, your beliefs about yourself? That's so fascinating because I don't, I don't think of myself as, quote, pursuing truth. Huh. What do you think of yourself as doing? I think of myself as making sense of the world and myself. Ah. Connecting dots. You know, my, my old mission statement. Bringing order okay. to chaos and clarity to confusion. Okay. So what about you being in that process strikes you as successful or as making oh, okay. a grade or as achieving what you want to achieve. What, what does that look like? How oh, do you measure, we, measure that? Hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> based on our last conversation, I measured intuitively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Should I call BS? <laughs> yeah, maybe you can. Um, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's very subjective. I'll I'll, I'll totally okay. I'll totally give you that. So, uh, mm-hmm. if it's managing a project, you know the the chaos level is usually pretty obvious. So, if there's less chaos and less drama, um, we brought some order. Okay. If meetings go smoother and we execute tighter to our schedules, there's usually a lot more clarity than confusion in terms of what needs to be done and who's going to do it and when it needs to be done by. Okay, so what I'm hearing there is it's more obvious, the degree of chaos, let's say, and then it's more obvious the degree of, uh, yeah, collaboration and improvement in Mm -hmm. a business context. Yeah. Okay. What about the fact that you, you know, through a lot of your um, journey and your, uh, like, moving towards better in terms of faith, self-understanding, you and I have been connected through a lot of that. And you've given me a lot of information. What about the feedback that you might get from me or other people? How does that, so, I mean, is that a piece that makes some of this more obvious? I'm smiling more and more. Oh, I was on mute. Um, (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm thinking, man, John's really thinking hard about this. You really stumped him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was I, what would I say? Um... Go backwards. Well, so part of it being obvious in a corporate sense is there are other people there. Oh, 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 oh! Like, the you got a whole bunch of people you. scratching their heads. Like, whoa, we're in a head scratcher mode here. We're in chaos. We're doing, we're in confusion. Versus, you got a whole bunch of people going, yeah, okay, this is working, and here's how, and they're explaining, and they're in the meeting, and it's working. Okay, but- how does bringing other people into your faith situation and your faith investigations help with that kind of sense of okay, it can be more obvious. You can get other people's buy-in, you get feedback. Well, yeah, no, and that's, okay, so that's what I've done with you, where I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. This sounds really (laughs) profound, and there's some Bible verse citations, and, (laughs) but, like, this doesn't make sense, does it? And then you'll look at it and be like, no, that's, like, completely ridiculous. In fact, if you look up those verses, they mean the exact opposite. I'm trying to remember the conversation. I know that we have had some conversations where you've challenged me. And you've pointed out, hey, I think you're stuck here. I can't remember what it was, but I feel like we had a really direct conversation in a podcast some time ago mm. where you nailed me on a couple of things. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And and you were kind of like, hey, I think you're going to need to reevaluate this if you want to move forward. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what it was. I don't want So So on that note, I would say, yeah, other people definitely play a role. Right. Well, and even at the end of last podcast, what I was trying to do, I heard you mention a bunch of things about, you were talking about Labrie and you were talking about comparison maybe with being able to read, not a fan, maybe before you went to Labrie versus after and, and just having the, 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 the skills and the exposure to people who have those critical thinking skills. And I guess um, in the same way that I might you know, you might bust my chops, I might bust yours, but I think uh, you might be undervaluing just how, yeah, how meaningful and how 
those skills are and how well you've acquired them. Hmm. Like, I think there's a degree of uh, skillfulness that you have that is really uh, valuable and uncommon in those areas. Well, thank you. And what's funny is, like, I don't, I didn't set out to acquire them. But, which, but hold which, on. Which, which, in a, which in a to, funny way ties to our our last conversation about, like, so what should people do? And it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't But you did, but your mission statement, go back to your mission statement. Like, is that a brand new thing for you? Did you just kind of wind up one day and go, hey, I think I'll do this? <laughs> Or has that been with you? Have you? Has that been like in a? In no, a I've been in a, I've been polishing that thing since like two thousand nine. Yeah, but 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 I mean, like it. inside of John, has that mission statement not grown out of who you are? Like, hasn't that been part of? I see it as part of everything you were doing. Like, you may not have set out to develop the skills. Yeah, it's a it's an intrinsic part of who I am. Is that we're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe you didn't set out to acquire those skills. But you set out to bring order to chaos, right? Or and clarity and, to my own confusion. <laughs> well, yeah. And and so you've achieved that. And in order to achieve that, you needed the skills. You weren't trying to get the skills for their own sake, but they did the job for you of really helping to bring about your core values and helping to make those more robust, more real, and just yeah, making your life more livable, I think. That's how I see it. Mm. How does that sit with you? Well, you said, it's funny you said achieve. Well, I have two thoughts. When you said achieved, I don't think I've achieved it yet. Mm. And two, I thought you were going to ask me, I think we were, I thought we were going to go more rapid fire. So uh, <laughs> I'm not sure how we're doing in that regard. Yeah, I mean, good. We can move on from from success criteria. I just... Yeah, I think that's a big one for me because I think you're really, that's a focus for you in other areas. So I wondered how that played out when it came to um, better beliefs about God, religion, Christianity, better beliefs about yourself. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, so where so he, where I am today, mm. today in this moment, mm. is, oh, well, I was just going to say it. Yeah, this might not be what people want to hear. Labrie helped me to throw away a bunch of stuff that was bogus. Mm -hmm. It gave me hope. In other words, I took a whole bunch of stuff out of every pocket that I had <laughs> in my backpack. <laughs> I unloaded it. I turned it upside down. Chuck it and, out. And I, mm, I maybe half, three quarters of it, I just left. I'm like, this is, doesn't work. This is right. bogus. Right. But the backpack still empty this the backpack's still waiting for stuff right oh hmm. and so i say that's where i am like i'm i haven't i didn't have an experience that you shared hmm. a bazillion episodes ago about hmm. how it all came together for you and not in a like there were some pivotal moments that you shared right and you consider yourself a christian and mm -hmm. I don't know what I consider myself. Hmm. And so uh, I'm still open. I'm still open. I'm still searching. I'm not searching as frantically as I used to be. Mm -hmm. I'm remaining as open as I can. Mm -hmm. And in a certain way, I've also just kind of gotten on with my life and just been like, okay, yeah. I don't know that I can try any harder. 
and mm-hmm. trying super, super, super hard here hasn't made it go any faster. Mm-hmm. So I can relate to some of Anna's like, uh oh, what's going on here? This is kind of uncertain, mm-hmm. or I can't remember the exact words that she used. But uh, mm. yeah, so I have moments of like, wow. When am I going to figure this out? Am I ever going to figure it out? Uh, what should I be teaching my son? Um, he's not getting any younger. So, will I figure it out? By the time I figure it out, will it be too late for him? I don't know. Will it be too late for me? I don't think so. I hope not. But I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, I, I can I move on to my next question, but... I would challenge you that I think there's probably more in your backpack to use that metaphor than Mm. you're giving the backpack or yourself credit for. It must just because I'm so strong now. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Just let me, let me type my Skype vomit icon, (laughs) the emoticon in there. My favorite emoticon. Um, And you said one other thing. Yeah. And I don't know about the whole idea of, of figuring it out. Like, in other words, I, I, think I keep, there's... when I say figure out, I keep coming back to this whole thing that, that I feel like I should be able to articulate what I believe and why in a way that someone else would want it. Yeah. And okay. I can't because okay, but... I don't really know what I'm, I'm like, I, I don't, <laughs> it's like trying to articulate what it's like to drive a Tesla. I haven't driven a Tesla. I've ridden in one, but I haven't driven one. So um, I can't convince you that you should drive a Tesla because I haven't driven one. Okay. I I hear you. But if, if, if I can, and I will, (laughs) I'm going to come back to your tilt 365 and say, okay, so you're strongly in the intellectual logical uh, quadrant there. Yeah. But I, I think that maybe it's on the one hand, like driving a Tesla, on the other hand, I think it's like being in a love relationship. And that mode of John may need to be enlarged. Not that you don't love or love well or love truly or any of those things, but there might be some way in which that part of you is configured that we'll either need investigation, no, you're, enlargement, you're, yeah. enhancement. <laughs> I'm not going to go there on this spot. Oh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no, you're onto something there. You, you definitely are. Okay, well, maybe we come back to this in a different way because that's. It's it's really funny to me because you are so practical, like and 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 like I cite you. <laughs> you know, like when it's when it's when we're talking about stuff has to make sense in real life. I always come back to the John Polster. This has to reconcile. You know, this is that's you. I'm citing you. You're my, it's my, you're my county best background. example. <laughs> yeah. And yet I think there's something really practical about the kind of emotional connection that's supposed to be there. Yeah, and I would say I think that's all I want to say about that is I think that's an underdeveloped part of me that needs more work. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, let's I'm, I'm, that would be interesting. That'd be fascinating actually to talk more about and figure that's just to figure that whole thing through. We might need to bring in the, along a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think there's probably a fair bit you and you, uh, that you and I can do just, just kind of, you know, chatting about it and All right. pulling some <laughs> stuff up. So 
Okay, I'll move to my my next question. Question number two. <laughs> All right. Now, you may have already answered this, which is why I said this might not take that long. But I was going to talk about uh, – um, I'm going to ask you the question, that, but I want to cut back with a couple sub-questions. So just hold on. Uh, the second question is simple. What role did Labrie play? But But wait. The sub-questions are really, you know, what contributed to your decision to go – what contributed to your decision to stay as long? And I want to, the, the two things I want you to talk about really, or I'm really interested in knowing about, and talk about a lot, but make sure you touch on, one is trust and the other is expectations. Wait, there's like three questions there. What? Start, walk so, me through them. So why did I go? Yeah, what contributed to, what, to okay. your decision to go and then to stay as long as you did? And I'm wondering about the role of trust and the role of expectations. Particularly, I don't know if I can hold all that, but so why I'll you. I got it here. Why did I decide to go? I was five years into my career, significant relationship had ended, and I was like, "Well, I still don't know what to do with this Christianity thing, and I'm not sure what I want to do next with my job, and I'm kind of tired of it, and uh, I." can't even remember exactly where I was with the job thing at that point, but it was, it was like, well, I'm, and I was rolling off of a big consulting engagement that I was on and I was like, gosh, there's no better time than now to, huh. and I, okay. And I had, I'd had dinner with, so this relationship had ended, I was just really kind of having a hard time working through all that. And I had dinner with uh, a guy that had, worked at Southboro Labrie and his challenge to me was you need to get out of the United States. You need to get out of like, you just go to Labrie, go to Europe, travel. Right. And like, it was just kind of like that direct. And I don't typically appreciate direct advice like that, but he's a pretty low key guy. And he said it in such a way that I was like, huh, that's something I hadn't thought of doing. Huh. And then I had signed up for a, I had read an article in Business Week magazine about someone that, uh, like a investment banker or lawyer or someone, and I was a CPA at the time, mm -hmm. had gone on a Habitat for Humanity trip to kind of just break out of their, norm, their normal world and build houses in some other part of the world. And so I had signed up for a trip like that. I'd never left, the only time I'd ever left the United States was to go to Mexico. When the church I grew up at, we would like take trips down to, I lived in Southern California, we would take trips down to Tijuana or south of Tijuana to help at this orphanage, play with the kids and build stuff and donate, bring clothes to them, all kinds of stuff. But that was my only experience of not being in the United States. So I go on this, I look at the list of habitat trips and for some reason I picked Warsaw, Poland. <laughs> And this is in like 1997. I don't know if I knew this. Okay. 97, I think. Yeah, huh. 97. Must, yeah, 97. And so communism isn't like, the fall of communism is like, what, five or six years ended things? Like mm -hmm. it's not that old. Or, you no. know, the, the, things yeah. are pretty new. Things are changing a lot. And yeah. so I don't know why I picked somewhere far away. And so I picked, Poland. And I went on this trip and I was into like three or four. And so, and it was hard work. It was great hard work. And the people there were fun and 
um, I remember I was like three or four days into it, and I was like, "Wow, this is like, why do I want to go back to work?" <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so I came back from that trip and started looking into Labrie. Started looking into like what it would look like to quit my job. Had one of the favorite favorite though now I'm on a real tangent, but one of my favorite moments in my career was sitting down with a managing partner <laughs> of this big accounting firm, Los Angeles, and him saying, You realize this is gonna leave a huge hole in your resume. Cause I was basically they were like, Well, how about if you'll take a leave of absence and you can still come back and but you know, you'll huh. still be connected with the firm, but you can take a leave of absence. And what did you say to that? He said, You you realize this is gonna leave a huge hole in your resume. I said, Yeah, I know. Like, and I didn't, up until then, I had like done all the stuff you were supposed to do to get ahead. And in, and in that moment, I was just totally grounded. I was like, no. Yeah. I said, yeah, I realize it could. And he looked at me and he said something to the effect of, he's like, I don't get the the sense that we can really change your mind on this. Can we? I said, nope. (laughs) It was like such a moment of strength and clarity and like, no, I'm not playing any games here. I don't have to wear the right clothes and work the right amount of hours or do any, I like, no, this isn't, this isn't what I'm, this is not what I'm choosing right now. And I don't care what the consequences are. Now it sounds like you're really committed to that idea of going to the Brie. Yeah. And I had nothing to lose. And what's, I mean, wow. I still look back on that and laugh because like, where's the big hole in my resume? <laughs> yeah. And yet, and yet a year or two ago before that, you might've been terrified with that idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was a combination of different things. And it was also like, well, let's get to the bottom of this Christianity thing and like, let's figure it out. And so my expectations were that I was going to go, I was going to, you know, I had planned to be there from October to March, I think. I think I had a figure, I had planned to be there and you and I overlapped for, I think, January to March. What were the next questions? Well, you've answered one about expectations. I wondered about trust. And it sounds like you, you, you've kind of answered that because I, what I'm hearing is you're trusting your, your that, that sounds like you're trusting your intuition too, though, John. Yeah. Yeah. I have, <laughs> I have moments of intuitional brilliance <laughs> and then I revert. And by the time, actually, what's kind of funny is by the time this episode, aired, I was going to, I was holding back a little bit. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm actually doing the same process right now in my life again. I'm taking a leave of absence from my job and awesome. uh, going all in on this coaching thing and, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out more what I be, want to be when I grow up. Yeah. I don't know why that fits, but it's just like, yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are, or where you're at. It's never too late to take a break and, and pursue what you really want. Nice. And maybe if I can say, I mean, from what I've seen and what I know of the amount of work you've put in towards the coaching, I mean, it almost sounds like this really good blend now of logical, reasoned, done the homework, you know, done the done the reading. And yeah, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Uh, at a certain gut level, this is who I am. This is who I want to, this is what I want to be. And maybe this is going towards the, but it was harder of, than it was, oh, it was harder than hell to get to this place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good to mention though. Yeah. Like, like, and I do want to mention that because, um, uh, oh my goodness. I mean, and some of the people that I've been, my friends in this space, they've just been like, oh my gosh, why did it take you so long? My gosh. Hold on, who, which, who? In terms of taking this leave of absence. 
the, 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 notion, the notion of they all think I should have left my job years ago. Ah. And I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. What would I do? What would it look like? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now we're really off on a tangent, but essentially what shook it free for me, and I'll throw this out to other, maybe, maybe this will help someone else out there. It was this whole notion. One person really challenged me. They like, well, um, well, good for you. You know, you've really been conscientiously saving money and all this like, but how is that getting you any closer to your goal huh. or to what you want to do? Huh. Like, well, I'm saving more money. And they're like, yeah, great. It's not helping you. You're not spending it. You're not using it. You're just saving more. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, and then they challenged me with the second thing, which was, what if this leave of What if you took a leave of absence and what if you looked at it like an experiment? And it was just pure gold because I was like, oh, in an experiment, you always learn something. Right. But there's no notion of failure. An experiment can't fail. I guess it can fail in the sense of you're hoping to succeed or discover the answer, but. It was just very freeing because I'd been looking at it like, okay, well, if I take this leave of absence, what am I going to do? What if I don't get enough clients? I'll just be depressed. And then why would I like take a leave of absence and not be getting paid for my regular job and be depressed? What a stupid idea. But then when it was framed in this whole notion of, yeah, but if you have kind of been attracted to this idea of running your own business and going all in on coaching and that being the primary thing that you do... Why wouldn't you want to find out now instead of five years from now or 10 years from later or before it's Not too late? Yeah. It's like, oh, it's an experiment, huh? Okay. Yeah. I'll, well, okay. So I'll either learn that I really love it and I need to find another job because it doesn't pay enough or I'll figure out how to make it work financially or I'll do it and be like, wow, the quote, alleged safety of a company is really for me. I'll go back to that. Right. I don't know. So can I, can I draw? Yeah. Will connect you, some dots. I want to draw a complete parallel, a total parallel between what you've just said and how people I think should approach the whole idea of dealing with a faith structure and belief structure that doesn't work. So uh, your job is important. You need to bring money in somehow. True. <laughs> you are you are not sustained like indefinitely through other resources. No, I wish I had an endowment or trust or yeah, something. <laughs> exactly. So this matters to you. The whole thing matters, right? It's not just an experiment uh, that's um, academic or or frivolous. A, a, I mean, a game yeah, I mean, frivolous. Yeah, I need to learn something at the end. I definitely do. Well, and you're going to make a decision one way or the other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the, at the end of the leave of absence, which is anywhere from 10 months or so, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, at the end I will say, okay, I'm going back to my company or no, I'm not, or I'm going back and I'm going to do this little thing or this half a thing or, uh, who knows? And this is costly to you on a whole bunch of levels. It's costing yeah. you money, costing <laughs> you stress, costing you like in your family. Health you gotta, insurance. Got to pay for yeah. health insurance now. That's like, whew, maybe I should yeah. become Canadian. So this, this, this is really, really important. And the, the, the analogy that I see here is that <clears throat> if somebody is, is living in a situation where their belief structure or their, their, their faith structure um, is, 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 there are things that they are aware of that are problematic, that are just uh, not consistent. They don't work. Um, they're having to contort themselves 
to um, believe things that one plus one plus something question mark magical maybe equals three. I think that that's exactly what somebody should do is to make the type of jump, the thoughtful, engaged, committed, ownership focused jump that you're making Mm. in terms of that pursuit of truth. Now it's kind of funny as you're talking, I'm like, Ooh, what would it look like if I did that with Christianity? But I think you have to a certain extent. Yeah, not to the same degree. (laughs) If I'm being really, really honest. Okay. Okay. But maybe, 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 hear me out. I think you've taken a lot of preparatory steps. So maybe part of the expectations piece is it's like going into, I don't use these analogies very often, but in boxing, you're not going to see somebody go in and, and give one punch and it's all over. It's a whole bunch of punches or, you know, in a marathon, it's, it's a whole bunch of steps. You just have to, so maybe there's a bunch of preparatory work that you've done and the rest of your business life that's allowed you to move here. I wonder if some of the other things you've done in your faith life are also similarly preparatory. Mm, I like that. No, yeah, I like that. You know? Yeah, I, that's hopeful. And yeah, I mean, I do, I kind of pinch myself sometimes because it's, so a lot of coaches starting out the whole notion of how do you run a business is a complete Mm. mystery. Right. Uh, Not for you. No. I mean, (laughs) I was a CPA. I understand accounting. I understand bookkeeping. I understand taxes. I, um, and then I've spent a stint. I mean, it's even funny, like even the podcasting space, Mm. like not that many people know that much about podcasting, but you know, you and I just kind of jumped in and I figured out how to produce it and how to publish it. And it's like, oh, so I do my own johnpolster.com podcast about coaching and other stuff. And it's like, oh, well, you know, you go to some marketing conferences and like, you really need to get into podcasting. So people are like, oh, I'm supposed to do podcasting. I do podcasting. Well, it's like, I know how to do podcasting. No problem. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Same with, I did a stint in marketing. I understand. And so it's like, oh, wow. I have like eight of the 10 pieces of the puzzle to have a really successful coaching personal development practice. Whoa. I just need to figure out those other two or three pieces. So yeah, I guess, so in that same way, maybe with Christianity, I've been around all this stuff for so long, I've got more pieces than I think. Yeah. I hear you saying. Yeah. And and maybe, you know, it feels differently when the pieces are connected. You might have nine out of 10 pieces or eight out of 10 pieces, but if they're all sitting on the table, that could feel a lot differently than they're all together. And I think I might have some clues about where the other pieces are. Mm. That might feel very, very different, even though it's not that. Yes. Different yeah. in content, right? Yes. And so so those missing pieces around my coaching and personal development practice, yes. I am on a quest to find those pieces and I I have some pretty strong hopes that I'm on the path to getting them. Right. Whereas with yeah, with Christianity, mm, I've kind of stopped looking, at least right now. I'm open right. to but, looking. I'm open we, to looking, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm not reading every single book and listening to every single podcast I can find. And right, but we just talked about that whole idea of the whole the whole emotional piece. So I mean, that's that's a find in itself. Whether yeah, maybe it I should go like do a, some work there. Okay, yeah. 
Well, all I'm saying is it sounds like there's a piece, there's a puzzle piece there. Maybe it's like locked up in something and you can't free it up as a piece to, maybe you don't even know quite what it looks like, but I think you've got a sense that, okay, there's something there. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a massive value in that is what I'm trying to, coming back to, whole, to Anna's whole proposition, right? It sounds like, um, you know, if we're talking about this is a this is a series of events uh, or, or, or of attempts and, you know, they, they build upon each other and they prepare you, they're preparatory. So. So before we run out of time, hit me with some more questions. All right. I've got one more for you. Outside of Labrie, what else have you done? And... How has it contributed? What what did it do? I mean, the obvious one is is podcasting. I, I get that. But that was big. Yes, but that's obvious. But maybe under undervalued. Oh, In other interesting. Words, well, not undervalued. Well, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought, and then I'll I'll get mine. No, I mean, I have some ideas about about podcasting, but I that, that no, I'm leaving that hanging. What, what, tell me. And say the original question again. Well, what are the other things that you've done in addition to Libri in terms of, um, okay. So what have I done? Okay. Better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I can't say enough about the podcast. I mean, the, the, huh. the podcast helped on a couple of different levels and, and I, my encouragement, oh, I can't say this strongly enough. My encouragement to people out there, if you're struggling in a similar way, say with you relate to what I'm talking about or Anna or anyone else is just like, oh, what do I do next? Uh, my encouragement would be to like translate this into whatever your space looks like. So with podcasting, it was, there were a couple of things. One, I have to prepare and be clear enough that I can talk about it out loud. Hmm. And there was the process of preparing. So like reading the book, looking up the verses, doing my homework. Hmm. There was, there was learning that was happening there. Then there was the sharpening that happened as you and I threw stuff back and forth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there was also, in this is huge, finding my voice. In other words, you know, you and I recorded these things for a year. And then you're like, come on, man, we got to publish this stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready. What will happen? <laughs> There's always that big fear. We every People have something will happen if I, you know, step out. Yeah. What that something will be, who knows? But the result was that nothing happened. Um, yeah. Nothing bad, in other words, nothing bad happened to me. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a real sense of empowerment that I experienced in doing the podcast and publishing it in that I became more and more confident not feeling like I had to speak through a filter. In other words, uh-huh. I think it helped me to be more me. It helped me to be more a more authentic version of me, a less filtered version, a just here's what I think. And I'm going to say what I think, and we're going to put it on the internet. And anyone, including those that know me the best, can listen to it and know what's in my head. I don't have to pretend anymore. I don't have to... This is me, not holding back. That's powerful. Thank you. So the the process, I think, of doing that over and over and over again was it just became more natural. Mm-hmm. And then it... Yeah, I don't think, I don't know that I would experience coaching in the same way if I hadn't done podcasting with you, hmm. just in terms of speaking and expressing myself. And wow. in in some ways, podcasting is like coaching in the sense that we never really quite know where it's going to go. 
Yeah. And, 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 and that's the magic and funness of it, uh. which in some ways for my personality is like, well, I like to be planned. I like to know where we're going, but I've, yeah, I've embraced this side of, I don't know where it's going to go. And that's what's so cool about it. Cause something cool will probably happen and it won't happen unless we just start talking. Wow. I, I have no idea some of the connections like that existed. So how, how that would translate to other people? I don't know. I don't know if it's, uh, is it starting a blog? Is it starting an anonymous blog? Don't even use your name. Just start posting. Uh, you know, some people would say, oh, I should, you know, I should post what I think on Facebook. Maybe. But I think there can be something powerful about having your own platform, your own blog. And you are just, you know, unfiltered saying your stuff out into the world. And maybe you do that for a period of time and your name isn't on it. And then maybe you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready to put my name on it. I guess I, I'm hesitant on Facebook or some of these social platforms because I feel like there's so much, you're, you're signing up for like immediate, immediate critique. And right. yes, I mean, that's there with the podcast, but critique is a little, <laughs> critiquing is a little, takes a little more effort. You have to come to the website and leave a comment or you have to write an email to us as opposed to, yeah. as opposed to, Oh, I just poured my heart out on Twitter or Facebook and someone immediately replied with how stupid that was or how did it make sense or <laughs> yeah. what's your problem? Right. Yeah. Very undercutting. Or it can also go the opposite way, which is you get a whole bunch of immediate praise mm -hmm. and sometimes I think that's useful and sometimes it's like, Oh, then, then it can also be, then I think you can also go down the path of just looking for a dopamine hit. You know, what, what else can I say that will, will get some pass on the back? Versus just yes, kind of, I'm just going to express myself from where I am. I had yeah. An, yeah, and I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day about that, where it was like, you know, how, when, when, we, when we share something, are we sharing it because we want to share it? Or are we sharing it because of the reaction and the pats on the back that we're hoping to get? Right. And it's a fine and, line there. Yeah. And as you and I have talked about in Christian circles, a lot of the, the, the presentation of viewpoints and ideas can be that everybody's in a circle patting it to everybody's back saying, yeah, yeah, we've got all the answers. And that's just not helpful, perhaps, for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. I, yeah, you've, you've put a lot of material out there that I, I wasn't aware of. This is, this is really helpful. We should talk uh, more often. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> we talk all the time, but yeah, if you all, you just, uh, you'll have to rope me back in with, I don't know, some more questions or wherever you want to go. Well, we're We got it. We got to hit that, that love one, that, that emotional one. Mm. Maybe, maybe not right away, but yeah, that's on the horizon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Come back to me on it. I will. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your requests, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. <laughs>